Welcome to another installation of the Deserve Podcast. I'm Brett Sasso, and I'm going to be covering some cool stuff today. If you're into taxes and math and all all the things that we should all be into right now, I guess, as we start charting our course to and through retirement, something that I'm trying to figure out every day myself, uh, join with me in the podcast studio today in Pat Charles' chair. We've got Josh Brett Meyer. We kicked Pat out. We wanted to have a Three people on this one because it is a it's a bit of a pill to swallow when you start talking about taxes and Roth conversions and uh, and I got Brian Nicolaisen to my my left and then on the boards as always is Anthony I who's waving hello everyone so uh, this is on the heels of a of a webinar apologize my voice is a little froggy today I'm not sure why probably because I was outside all weekend in the rain beautiful weather working. <laughs> <laughs> I figured I'd have a four-day weekend. I tried to make it Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, and I think we got an inch of rain for every day that I tried to get some work done. So I actually uh, was doing some soffit work on a garage out out back, and I had the the scaffolding set up, and I said, I'm not quitting. So I I took a patio umbrella, and I took it up on the second level of of the structure, and I clamped it on, and Hey, I'm out working in the rain, but Good it thing was OSHA wasn't there. It was cold. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> it was so cold. And it was like right through to your bones type of cold. It was like a November rainy day in uh almost June, right? So today's June first, by the way. Happy June first, everybody. I hope everyone uh took the time yesterday. I, I actually had uh I lived not too far from the Highland Cemetery in, in town of Lloyd. And um last night as the sun was going down, they played taps, and uh, I forgot about it. And my wife came out and said, hey, they're, they're playing the taps, and I had the radio on inside the garage, and I just caught the last part. But what a sound to hear taps coming from, you know, I don't know, maybe a quarter, not even an eighth of a mile from, from the cemetery. And um, in the morning, they did the 21-gun salute. It used to be a big thing. Memorial Day used to be, when I was a kid, the street where I live, it's from the, the hamlet of Highland to the cemetery. And the parades that we had when I was a kid, you guys have never seen. I mean, I, just... Well, I, my, my dad being a firefighter, he, he was in it every in year. It. I yep, knew your, I I've for, watched your dad for yep. years because your father would always wave, you know, to my dad as he would go by. Mm-hmm. And But we had the army, we had horses, we had, I mean, just crazy. And then it turned into the Little League... Uh, yep misfits you know where they would just start walking it was like the the little leaguers are walking on highland it's a woke moment um, i didn't really get what the little league did i had the only team that had to walk with their hat on straight and they had to stay in line because memorial day meant something to me i don't know where it it came to me i think living next to a cemetery actually helped me understand you know how how important it is when people lose their lives you know when you grow up and you know, you're hanging out in the cemetery watching these funerals from, you know, we used to play, believe it or not, we played army in the cemetery as kids, and they were great to hide behind gravestones. And we would, like, go up when there was a funeral. It was just terrible. But I always remembered the military funerals and how moving they were. And my dad, when he passed, he, he got the honor guard to come in. And so a- after Memorial Day, uh, you know, we, we now turn the page to this summer slump, as we call it, where everybody starts to detach from everything. And especially after COVID, um, I think everyone is really going to just kind of break free. And I think the beaches are going to be loaded up. I think the lakes are going to be loaded up. I think the campgrounds are going to be loaded up. 
I really think people are just just dying to get out and do something. And that makes me a little worried about our business. I I have this feeling that this get away from reality, get away from COVID is going to stop people from watching out for what could happen, a retirement perfect storm. So, you know, I obviously had a segue over to our topic today. And you guys, if you want to chime in, I know you're younger, so it's a little bit more difficult to uh, talk about things like this. But I, I do hope that everybody did um, unlike our vice president, actually identify what Memorial Day is all. It wasn't a four-day weekend. Right. Wasn't it about the weekend off? Is yeah. that what she said? Most sacred weekend. And for me, it's the most sacred holiday because of the amount of veterans that gave their life for this country. It's, it's unbelievable. And it should be the most sacred holiday in this in this country. And yeah, she missed it by about a mile. You know, well, enjoy your every, weekend. With everybody unemployed, they've had time Ooh. off for a long time now. <laughs> you know, I got to tell you that I've never been, you guys know me for a while now, and I've never been a real political person. Like I've never, even when Trump was president, I wasn't like a Trump, you know, oh, got to love Donald Trump. I I just didn't really have a big political side to me. I do now. Mm -hmm. I'm actually incredibly political because what I see happening right now in the amount of time that it's happening, I just spent, I spent $10 on a choice two by four this weekend. $10. $10. It had holes in it that you could stick your thumb through because of well, such garbage and the bark was still on half of we it. We were just talking um, about the electric vehicle, uh, you know, the the tax credit that they gave. And I, I don't know what the tax credit was because you bought an electrical vehicle. Back then it was $7,500, $7, but it was a tax credit. Right. You, so now it's $13,000, but it's not a tax credit, which means it comes off the sticker price, which basically is saying, you know, the $7,500 were, that was for people making money. Because it only affected you if you had a tax credit. Now to, he's to just got to go <laughs> buy the <laughs> car. Yeah, whatever. You so the government car. is going to give the car manufacturer the money. So right. you, yeah, you don't even have to have you a don't right have to have income. So you could just be on, you know. Well, my my son is so into the electric whatever. vehicles, and he drives a Chevy Bolt with a B. And he said, "Dad, he goes, my car is worth more than I paid for it now because of chip shortage, and people now fearing four dollar gasoline. Right? As soon as you punch three. You're going oh, to three ninety nine. We're going to five. Yeah, five will break the country. It, it's uh, you know I have a theory on on the mortgage meltdown when it happened, and I I blamed a lot of it on one hundred and fifty dollar barrel oil or one hundred and forty dollar barrel oil. Um, but that stuff does break the back of the country. And again, back to retirement perfect storm. When when we start running out of our money and we can't go get a raise from our job and we're burning the free government money. People are going to start pulling back from their 401k contributions. That happened before. And when that happens, this market could be in big trouble because the amount of RMDs coming out now with the baby boomers getting older, if we have a pullback in employment, if we do have a major unemployment or more an inflation monster that we battle, we could be in big trouble, right? We could see these record highs drop. So I, I want to dedicate, and I know this went way longer, and Anthony's over there getting stressed out. He's going, okay, get to the topic, guys. We may go a little long today because, you know, we, we do have an important thing to talk about. So when we think about Roth conversions, that's what I want to go to is Roth conversions. That's why I brought you guys in. You guys work a lot of Roth conversion strategy with advisors across the country. You each have your own clients that you're working Roth conversion strategies for. I know I try to chime in as much as I can where I can to try to help the person out there who's trying to understand it, get it from a different maybe perspective or maybe more common perspective, right? I'm an, I'm a baby boomer. So when we're talking to a baby boomer, 
on a on a Zoom call or a phone call, they can relate a little bit better to me than than you you know young mathletes here. So we covered a really important topic last Wednesday on our on our webinar, our live webinar, and it was it was really interesting. The emails that came afterward, the following that we're creating, it's. It's very, very interesting because here's the problem. When a person hears about a Roth conversion, and let's say they're making 100 grand a year, right? Let's just use 100. And they go and talk to their tax preparer. I won't even say CPA right now. I'll just say tax preparer. And they say, hey, I think I want to do a Roth. What's the first thing they hear? What do they hear, Josh? That's expensive. Why, would you, why do you want to do that? It's a lot of tax money, right? a lot right? of tax money. And that stops it. That basically kills the concept right out of the gate. Oh, you want to pay all that tax? Why, why would you want to do that? These are made so that you pay tax later in life. Well, are we going to see lower taxes later in life, Brian? Is that is that where we're yeah, headed? Are we Unlikely. <laughs> oh, so unlikely. How, how the hell is, is this country, our country, going to keep up with its debt service payments? We're not retiring the debt. That's gone. There's, I will never in my lifetime what I have left in my life, I will never see the United States of America reduce its debt. Yeah, you'll never see a reduction. Not by a penny. But what I am going to see is that number getting bigger and bigger and bigger every year that we have to pay out so that we don't default on the debt. So when a person asks their tax preparer about a Roth conversion and they get a single line answer, to me, it's a fiduciary fail. I actually had one she didn't even look at the plan. She didn't even have time to review it. Oh, that's, a, that's exactly what she said. Oh, it's, it's going to cost you a lot of money. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And, and what happens, all the work we do gets undermined by a person of trust, right? Isn't that a person of trust, that, that tax preparer? You're, you're basically filing the scariest document in your life is your tax returns, right? You're scared to death of this Gestapo IRS is going to come knocking on the door and take your home and kids and dogs away. But why do we get blown up by these by these people who don't have enough information to make an opinion? How do we stop this? How do we keep these these tax preparers at bay? It's even advisors too, but just with tax preparers, if they haven't recommended it to you for the last four years, they've missed the boat. So you're going to go back to the same person who didn't recommend it to you and they don't have anything to say because, well, why didn't that's they recommend a, that's it to a you very before? Good point. So you're going back to the same person that didn't give you the advice. It's a great point. And now they have to feel like they're in defense mode and they try to protect why they didn't recommend Why they didn't make. So they missed basically three tax years of tax four. Three? Four. Three. Three years. Three, three right now. 18, 19, and 20. So those are the three years that you could have taken advantage of the Roth conversion strategy and you missed it. So to your point, you bring this to that person now who is a fiduciary. Now, remember, the word fiduciary isn't just for advisors and investment money. It's for any person in a position of trust. And it's a moral fiduciary, but it's also a legal fiduciary. A tax preparer has a fiduciary to take you and do the best thing for you. So what does that person say? How do you go back and say, hey, uh, I missed three years of this. What do you think about now? They're going to blow it up. Yeah, it's it's. It's just letting their ego get in the way, right? I mean, people, the tax preparer doesn't want to be wrong. Right? Or, so, or they don't want to, maybe, you know what, in their defense, they just haven't been informed. 
They probably don't even have the calculators to calculate it. So let's talk about the calculators. All right, so now we're getting back to what I want to do, because here is the point. If you've got something, you need a point that you can go to, that you can bring everyone to for a conversation. That is our blueprints, right? And I don't mind talking in that in that that arrogance of it is the greatest way to talk about a Roth conversion is through the blueprints that we developed. There is nothing else that's even close to it. And I've even heard that from CPAs. They're like, wow, what you guys did here is fascinating. And I don't know, Brian, you and I did a meeting in in real life, right? We we went out to, it was a Gail's uh, CPA, right? Yeah, out in Connecticut. And he was a big time you know, CPA for, I don't know if it was Fortune 500. It was a big company. He was the only guy in the corporation that was allowed to communicate to the IRS. Like this guy had his pedigree. And he he did that for whatever, 30, 40 years. And he retired just as a CPA, private CPA for clients. It's kind of as a retirement gig. So Brian had the client. Her name is Gail. She's fantastic. Wonderful woman. And she was just saying, hey, guys, I, I love what you do. I'm just not real good at it. I don't really get it. I'd like to have validation that the idea is good. Would you mind talking to my CPA? And what was it, an hour and a half from here? Yeah, yep. So an hour and a half, you know, we were road warriors. Hey, let's go see the guy. So Brian and I jump in the car, and we drive over to Connecticut, and we meet with the guy. And it it was so validating, right? I mean, he was fascinated by the blueprint. Never seen anything like it. He did actually want to do one on himself. That's what he said. He goes, this, I've never, he goes, you know, I always thought there was something about these Roth conversions, but I just didn't have a way explaining it to people. And he never analyzed it, right? Because his capacity to analyze it has really been the tax filing software. Right. And so that's a very limited view. One dimensional. It's it's one year. And I, I see it all the time whenever we speak with a CPA about this, you know, they always just, they're checking their tax filing software. It's like, but that's, it's only you're looking at one year. There is no visibility beyond how does this it year. affect you each year and every year? And how do you take in these these wild cards? How do you take in this? You know, how are we going to pay for this national debt? How are we going to pay for this incredible spending spree that we're on right now with no end in sight? I mean, we're talking about a guaranteed income coming or something like that. Now they're talking about in the, yeah. in the Biden administration. And not, not to mention, you know, obviously we look at the debt at 28 trillion or whatever it is, but you know, the unfunded liabilities, particularly Medicare and social security, well over $120 trillion. Yeah, and then, over 130 now. Right. And then just adding in all these additional programs. I mean, it, it is absolutely getting out of control. So let's talk a little bit about the tool. Let's talk about how we help people understand a Roth conversion. First, let's start with the right the right words that go around a Roth conversion. I've heard people say that it's a deferred comp. I don't believe it's a deferred comp. It's a deferred tax. You're still getting the money, right? They're not you're not deferring the compensation. You're deferring the taxes mm-hmm. on the compensation, right? The, you're getting the money. You're putting it into your holdings. You're investing it. That's not deferred. Deferred means you don't get it. You got it. What you didn't do is you didn't pay the government. So let's talk about what actually happens in a deferred comp. So, Josh, I take my and, – and, Brian, we got an example on your laptop in here that, that we used. We, uh, we took the amount of money – actually, it's in my PowerPoint. You don't have it, but I can, I can recall it. So we took a paycheck, right? We went out and we created a pay stub from Jack and Diane, right? Our famous John Mellencamp couple that we always talk about, Jack and Diane. 
And we took the first pay stub for Jack and we said, okay, Jack, you're going to put this amount of money into your 401k. That's the comp. And then you're going to defer $77 and 80 something cents in tax. So when we do that, whose money is that? Who? So now remember, it's all going into my deferred compensation plan. My deferred tax plan is what it's really called, in my opinion. How does that work? Is that is that really my money at that point, or am I actually what what's going on with that? Well, depending on your tax rate, right? What, what was the tax rate in this example? Well, I, I don't remember what the number was. It was about 18, 19. I think we ran it at 18%. Oh, right. cool. Producer Ann just pulled it up on the screen. Ahead, I mean, what you're, what you're really doing is you're setting it aside for a later date and time. Right. So some of the money is yours, right? And then some of it is not. But it's not yours. The government side is the government, the government side. side. Right. The government basically said, hey, why don't you take my share? Why don't you invest it for me? And I'll right. catch up with you later. Right? Isn't that what happened? And I hope you do well. It's a deferred tax. So we owe the government a share of every deposit we put in our 401k. It's never our money. So when we roll this scenario ahead, if we go from Jack's first paycheck and then we take Jack out for, let's go down here. um, Here. Hit that slide. There we go. Okay. So now this is Jack, and this was on the webinar. So we started with Jack first pay stub, and then we took him through to today when Jack and Diane are contemplating their retirement. Now, this fund grew pretty heavily. So at $77.88 per paycheck, this is all inflation-adjusted. And that's how much tax he was putting away for, for the government, $77. Every paycheck, he would put away $354 for himself. Of his money. For himself and invest for retirement. And then he was putting away $77 for the government. He was also investing and stressing over investing for the government. Correct. But they're completely parallel paths. Wherever his money went, the government went too, right? So great bet for the government because the government could have never, number one, they wouldn't have saved the money and they sure wouldn't have grown it the way that every person has grown their 401ks. So that's $77.88 over his, his career of working has turned into $360,186. $360,186. Whose money is that? Right. It's the government's. It's not your money, right? It's just multiplied. This was blowing minds all over the place because right about now is when all of a sudden the questions start banging on the screen. And I see Ant and Pat was in the other room trying to field questions. And it was just, we knew we couldn't stay ahead of the questions on this. And I think a lot of people were just scratching their heads saying, what are these guys talking about? How is that even possible? Well, that is the number. If you took all Jack's deferred tax, right, government's money, and grew it parallel with his money, by the time he got to this date and time, I think he's 62 in this example, $360,000. So, Josh, back to your accountants that say that's too much tax to pay. How are they addressing that? Do they address that as tax? Or what are they doing? Like if I'm going to pay, if I'm going to do a Roth conversion, and I'm about to convert this money over. How do I address that? Do I am I told that that's a principal payback? No, never, no, never. Right. But it, you know, at the end of the day, nobody likes to pay tax. It's the most uncomfortable thing to do. No one wants to right. give that money back. But so when, the conversation. But when you defer it, it gets have, even worse. When you defer the tax, it gets worse. It gets worse because it's compounding and it's growing. And then it, essentially, it is taxed again when you take it out, which is, 
Wait a minute, isn't that double tax? How does that actually work? You're paying tax again when you take it out. Technically. Well, no, there's no tax going in, so you don't. But it is tax is the point, right? So it's it's tax. It's just, yeah. It's still the government's money. Tax, and now right. it grew, and now I'm going to pay tax to get it out. Right. That's what we're trying to change. That's the paradigm shift that we're trying to do here, is we want people to think about that principle remaining a growth fund of the government's. It's principle. So when right. we go to do a Roth conversion, we're actually doing a return of principle, right? You're buying them out. You're we're, buying your partner out. We're buying the partner out. So first we have to do a return of principle. Hard thing to get your well, hands and, around. And I think, you know, in this example, Jack and Diane had just over $2 million in their deferred tax plan. And so when they look at that statement, they're always looking at that $2 million as their own money. Like that, that's $2 million, that's, that's my money. Yep. That's how every single person that I've ever met has looked at their 401k. And I actually asked the question, I'll say to a person, how much of that is yours? Now, I did it, Josh, in that one meeting you and I did with uh, our favorite client, who I'll see, I think, tomorrow night. I think I'm seeing her. Um, it, 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 I had to draw it for her. You have I to see to, it on a pie. I had to draw a pie chart. Literally a circle, and how much of that right. wedge is the government's. And I said, that's not yours. It never was yours. That's always been the government's. you got to give some of that back. If you want to do a Roth conversion, you got to give some of that back. But you got to pay it. It's a. It's never. It never was your money. So it's not. It's tax, but it's tax from when you earn the money. So no matter what, it's always the government's money is right. in the form of tax. So when we're doing a Roth conversion, when our CPA tells us you're going to pay, what what's the example show on that that sheet that we did for Jack and Diane? I don't even know if that's that is the same one as this. I'm pretty sure. Is that the same that you have on your no. screen? All right, so use this one. Okay. So this is the one. This is Jack and Diane. So Jack and Diane is going to, they're making 165, I don't have my glasses on. $163,000 in income currently. So that's their current income. Yep. Now, we tell them. Current taxable income. You guys should think about doing a $100,000 Roth conversion. Now, it looks great on paper, looks great in our work, in our in our blueprint. But to Josh's earlier point, CPA is going to say, you're crazy. These guys are nuts. What the hell are they talking about? Do you know how much tax you're going to pay doing that? And it'll be the end of the quest. It'll be over. So that it's our job to help give the the person who's asking the question of their professional enough knowledge to, to dispute that dismissal without fully vetting out the idea. And that is what a blueprint does. So what we're doing is we're equipping Jack and Diane, which, by the way, this is a real example. We know that's a real example. We just changed the name. So here, what are we doing? So we're, we're actually going from taking Jack and Diane from a 22% margin, right? So before the Roth conversion, they were hitting the 22% margin, mm-hmm. which, by the way, is the third margin in the current Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. You have a 10% margin, a 12%, a 22 a 24 a 32 35 and 37. Say goodbye to 37 rich people. That's going to 39.6. It's like gas pricing. As long as you don't go to 40, it's okay. It doesn't hurt as much, I guess, right? 39.6. So when we make this recommendation, Jack and Diane go to their tax filer and they say, we want to do a Roth conversion of 100 grand. First thing that tax advisor says, he goes, if you do that, you're going to pay 24% on $100,000. That's what he's going to say. That's what they all say. And they're going to say, I'm not doing that. Why would I do that? And the tax person's going to say, why would you do that? 
Well, it's because you both don't know what you're talking about when you're making that decision. And that's what we're trying to change for people. It's not 24%. How does it really work? We have to return the principal first, right? Mm -hmm. So how much of the hundred grand based on this example is a return of tax? Well, definitely return of IRS money. We're giving back their money. In this example, we're using 18, but for a lot of folks that we deal with somewhere between 18 and 20 or 22% of that is what was. So in this example, 18 grand is actually a return of the government's share that they decided to invest with us. It's always been the government's money. It's not tax now. It's a principle of taxes that we've deferred. We've deferred the tax so that we could put our money into an investment with the government. It really never benefited us, right? We could have paid them off back then and it wouldn't have mattered, right? What difference does it make? We've still never grew anything that we get to use of the government's money. We're giving it all back with growth. And you have a partnership for life if you had don't look at it differently. It's such a great way of talking about it because it is a partnership. You are absolutely a partner with the government on your 401k. All right. And if you just think about that, we could just stop look, just right here and just say, do you want to be partners with this federal government? 20% partner. <laughs> this government. That's is like this, a major owner, 20%. Yeah. Not me. I, I, I think anyone who has... Not when they can change the rules at any time. I mean, uh, that's that's the point, right? Those, What's the deal, partner? How much right. do you want? Those rates were different four years ago. They're going to sunset back. So the ten percent was ten. The twelve percent was fifteen. The twenty-two was once twenty-five, and twenty-four was twenty-eight. It's all coming back, right? And that's not because of something that could happen with this current administration. That was actually designed by the Trump administration and Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. It was done because. Trump was envisioning an eight-year, he needed eight years to get the economy back to a performance level that it could take on and start paying back the debt. So they never believed that the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act could go on forever or they would have made it permanent. Not that that would have mattered either. There's no such thing as permanent. Right. So what has happened here is we made a partnership with, the, with, Jack and Diane made that partnership on day one. When he filled out that form and joined his 401k, he made a partnership with the United States of America and said, I'm going to give you a ride with me on my investments. That's all that happened. So now when we start explaining this to the CPA or the enrolled agent or the tax preparer, we have to be able to say, I know out of this $100,000 that I'm going to convert to a Roth conversion through a Roth conversion, I have to give the government back their $18,000. Okay, so let's take that out of the math. It's a return of principal. I owed my partner that 18000 So if I take that out, and it's hard to do this on a podcast. It's so much easier to do on a webinar. And, and we will be hitting this again because this topic is as hot as a pistol right now. I think this is really a good topic we're on. If we take the $18,000 out, when you decide, when you, when you look down the math on this, how much tax are we actually paying on our Roth conversion? Because I'm only going to be paying tax technically on my my eighty grand or my net was it eighty eighty two thousand eighty two thousand dollars. How's it work? How, how am I supposed right. to look at that? How am I supposed to explain that to my tax preparer? So the additional tax should be approximately fifty eight hundred dollars to do the Roth conversion. So you're right? saying, according to this math, if I return the principal, which has growth, right? It's not the it's not the original amount that I didn't pay the government. The government grew with me. 
So they're getting back more money than than they would have received if I had paid my taxes each year, right? But mm-hmm. you had more money, right? Well, I didn't because really have it. more. No, I, had yeah. <laughs> I had theirs. I had their money. I didn't have one penny more right. than I would have had if well, I would have paid that, the tax. You know, that's what I always always talk to clients too about is, you know, whether or not you do a Roth IRA and pay your tax up front or you do a traditional IRA and you defer your tax, all things being equal, they're the exact same. Exactly the same. There's, there's no difference at all. There's this whole premise of, hey, if I pay my tax up front, then I get to invest less. That's completely wrong, right? You're investing their you're money. You're investing the exactly same amount of money. So it, it doesn't matter, pay tax up front or later. But when you're paying tax later, you're subject to tax increases. When you're paying tax up front, you're not. Right. And it's it's just because we all hate, pay, we hate paying taxes so much that we'll take anything that even sounds like a way of not paying it and push it down the road. Well, that's getting dangerous now because we're at a tipping point where we might actually start going over now because the amount of money that we have and the taxes will go higher. It's affecting our side of the ledger more, which pushes more over to the government in a Roth conversion scenario, but it's still not affecting that 18,000 bucks. So what this is really doing right now, this may be a very unique moment in time where we know what's coming. We know the freight train is coming. We know the storm is coming. Whatever metaphor you want to go with, we know it's on its way. And we still have the ability to roll the government out and basically get them out for almost a a little bit more than what they had in. Yeah. And and I mean, even in this example, I mean, this is a a couple that was already making $163,000. I mean, there's scenarios where the clients are not, you know, they have, they can, um, they can have less income, they can use after tax money, things like that. So, I mean, if you look at the tax rates going back to World War II, it's really when tax rates went up. We have some of the lowest tax rates post-World War II. Correct. Almost Hands since down, the beginning if, of time. Yeah. Since it, 1913. Right. Pre, Pre-World War II, there were some, some lower tax years. They had mm-hmm. tariffs and things that made up the difference. But, you know, post-World War II, we really have some of the lowest taxes. So you're either getting out for exactly what the government originally did, potentially less if you can structure it properly. But even the 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 people who are making good money, you know, paying tax on 163 grand, they're getting out for a few thousand dollars. Yeah. Like a no, very it's, small it's, percent, $5,000 to never have any risk of rising taxes. That's it, to me. It's the other side of the money though. It's the, it's the $82,000 that is in question here because we're able to, if we can isolate the return of tax principle, mm-hmm. now we know we only have the amount that we're getting back out of the government's control. It just comes down to it being a low tax you're in lower margins, lower effective rates to do it now. That's it. Mm-hmm. You just got to stop looking at the bigger number. The bigger number, it, it would actually help people if their tax preparer said, you're going to write one checkout. It's to buy out Uncle Sam. Well, how much is that? I'll take 18%, $18,000. Write out a check for $18,000. Mentally, if I know I'm buying my partner out and it's not tax, if they don't say that's being taxed, that's a return of the government share of your 401k. I've I've had that conversation. Josh, we did it last week. Brian, I did it. I did it with you, and and we've been talking to a lot of our of our of our uh, ad responders over the last couple of weeks because we really wanted to get our arms around this thing and start making a difference. The other, I mean, the other problem too that the tax preparer CPA they don't think or even have a conversation about is the widow's effect. Well, 
what is the other variables that if you don't pay the oh tax today, God. <laughs> how much of an impact it's going to be? Because you, your the whole tax changes, right? Yeah. If you lose your spouse, my God, you're back to a single filer. Mm -hmm. And you're, you're now paying the taxes, a single filer. Huge tax increase. Massive, 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 because you, you put it away. Now the deal changes because now it, it shifts because when you were putting it away, you were in a lower tax environment, and now you're going to be in a higher tax environment because you lost your spouse. Right. I mean, it's it, the, death, the death consequences on taxation in this country are horrible, and Social Security, it's horrible. So here we have this conundrum. How do we get people to understand this, I like the idea, write a check out for $18,000, your Uncle Sam's out of the deal. That's it. If someone just said, Brian, that's all you got to do to Roth conversion, pay him back to principal. Oh, that's all? Yeah. Now I'll do your taxes. So that's paid. <laughs> that's, that's out of the, it's off the table. And here's your new tax bill, Brian. By doing the Roth conversion, you ended up adding $5,800 in tax to get $82,000 out. I'll take it. Who wouldn't do that? That's five. What is that? Five percent? Five point eight percent. Who wouldn't do that? No one's being given this information. They don't have this to have a conversation. They're just dismissed by their financial advisor or their CPA. Now, granted, we didn't do this right. We had the doc, the good doctor from Ohio. Remember, he was really trying to figure it out. And he was like, guys, I got to know, should I do this now before they raise up cap gains and all these other numbers? Should I go and do one gigantic Roth conversion. We probably should have told them yes. Yeah. yeah. We didn't because, and you know what? We didn't say no. We just basically said, Doc, you got to talk to CPA because we didn't have this yet. We didn't have this figured out. We've, Josh, we kind of did this one night and I call it the Suray model, right? That's, I keep calling it Suray. And people think it's like, what is this, some kind of Japanese math? I, no, no, it's <laughs> called Suray because we developed it in the middle of a call. The epiphany hit me. And I couldn't articulate it because I called Nick and I said, Nick, you got to start building this. And he goes, what the hell are you even talking about? And it didn't happen. It didn't come together for a full week. I kept trying to figure it out. I hit Brian when he came in my office one day. So you got to tell me how this works. And we just couldn't get our hands around it because even we were affected by the structure. The structure was bothering our logic. We couldn't come up with the answer. But it came to me when we were talking to, to Ray and Sue and, you know, I was watching Sue in the background, and, you know, every time she'd come out of the ocean, she was, <laughs> he had the, the background where you couldn't see, you know, you go back three feet, you're inside the background, and she'd come out of the water and go back into the water. <laughs> but I could see that she was really understanding it, and Ray was struggling with it. And the epiphany just came through, and I told him, I said, I'm naming this after you guys, because I, it just changed my whole life, my ability to communicate I'm taking this on the road this year. I'm going out. You guys know I'm going to start doing seminars again in September. People need to know this. And no one is having this conversation. Have you ever heard it, Josh? Nope. Jeff and the, I mean, the problem is people are also looking for someone to tell them no because it's changed too. It's so changed. They're looking for that it's validation. Pain. Don't do it when it could be the best thing for them. This, I can't think of any scenario at this point. The doctor should have done it. Yeah. We, should, we should probably call him. Hey, Doc, sorry. <laughs> See, in your business, you don't say sorry. You, you call malpractice. In our business, we just say sorry. <laughs> we, we didn't know this when we talked to you last. But I don't know that there's a scenario out there based on this logic that should tell that should keep someone from doing a Roth conversion. That's pretty bold, yeah. but what I mean, do you guys think? Yeah, it, my, my general point of view is every single person should be 
analyzing this. There, there's, there's really nothing more important right now than, you know, unshackling yourself from this federal government. 100%. So, you know, there might be a scenario where you're retiring at the end of the year and that might affect something. But in general, if you're not looking at this right now, this year in 2021, given the fact that this is 20, you know, one out of five years left, hopefully, then you're you're missing a huge part of financial planning and any that that is and the blueprints as Brett said are the only way to do it because it's going to give you your exact tax liability your exact the only thing I've you know seen. buyout number will give you the exact numbers for you to know exactly what you should be doing I listen to all the expert podcasts I visit I research I have not seen this duplicated and it was an epiphany moment. And you know what? Sometimes you got to be out of finance a little bit. I'm not an advisor. I don't try to tell people how to go make money. So it's easier for me because I'm not I'm not in that space. You know, you guys sometimes are trying to help people grow money. I don't do that. I just try to help people get the hell out of life with what they have. So I think we make a really bold statement that we are absolutely convinced that a Roth conversion. Now, here's I had a great question. This was a really, really, we have some really smart, smart people out there that we're talking to. And I'm talking about the baby boomer trying to figure this out. Guy said to me, goes, what do you think about the Biden administration? You think they'll take the Roth conversion away? And I said, well, I'm troubled with that because every ounce of logic in my body would say the government would be out of its mind because why would it want to, to not take its share of our 401k at the height of a market? Why would, why would the government say, no, no, Josh, let's let the market pull back a little bit. It's, it's a little too high. Why don't, we, why don't we drop about, you know, 30% and then you guys can take me out. Your partner wants you out yeah. now. Why in the world would our government say? You might say, be giving the government a little too much credit there. Well, I think somebody ought to go down there and say, hey, this is the best <laughs> time to convince the public they should be doing Roth conversions. And if I was part of this government, I'd be saying on TV, I'd go out and do a commercial saying, now is the time. If you want to improve this economy... If you want to liberate your baby boomers, go let them do Roth conversions. I mean, think about it as a business. When do you want to start, you know, taking profits? Well, right. when you have the money to take profits, not when you don't. I know Home Depot and Lowe's love when I come out with a cart full of two-by-fours right now because they've never been this expensive ever before. So everyone in the chain, right down to the guy cutting a tree down, is making more money right now on the two by fours and it's all fleecing right now. I don't care what anybody says when you're paying. I bought a piece of 11 30 seconds plywood that's less than a half an inch thick, $60. This stuff used to be what you would buy and rip to make packaging out of, right? It was like, what are you kidding me? So I think we have a good window here. I think the government will leave the Roth conversions alone out of any tax revisions because it would be really foolish for them to do it. It's more money in the government's pocket and the government needs the money. So what I'm going to encourage everyone to do, if you're listening to this podcast, if you received a blueprint from us, what's the best way for them to communicate to us? Should, should they call our number? Should they send an email? Let's send me yeah. an email. I'll take it and yeah. can read them. <laughs> Sorry, producer. Ant. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll let them. I'll send them to me and I'll say anything. So here's what everyone should do that's listening to this podcast. Write me. I read my emails. I'm, I'm joking. I actually read all of them. Takes me sometimes a week to two because I am backlogged and I try to chisel away at this. But my email is Brett, B-R-E-T-T at retirementarchitecture.com. If you would like to have a conversation about the Roth conversion, if you'd like to see one of these prints for you, we will build it. It's free of charge. 
We'll also help you. We'll talk to you. We'll meet you on a Zoom call and we'll walk you through it. It's that important for you to understand how to do it. And then the next question is, what do you do when you're in the middle of a Roth conversion? We can talk about that on, an, on another. Maybe we'll do that on the next uh, podcast. We'll, we'll talk about that. We'll do a back-to-back here. We'll, we'll make a note here, and we'll just follow up on, what do I do after I do a Roth conversion? Because what if the market crashes? And I, I know currently you have to pay the tax in the year you do the conversion, right? So you are paying tax on your money. You're giving the government back theirs. Government's a lock. But you're still paying that 5800 bucks to liberate your... 8,000 or your uh, $82,000. So I think that's a good follow-up is how do I avoid paying tax on money I might not get to see? Now, you won't, you won't lose it all, but you could lose half. You could lose half in a major market crash right now. So really cool topic today, guys. I think yeah, we've- Thanks for we've, having me, Brett. I yep, think we really you. broke through here and, and created a, a, a fantastic conversation to have with boomers. And uh, it's needed. I think I'm convinced that the Roth conversion is the right tool for the right time. So, 100%. all right. Well, Josh, thanks for coming in the studio. Brian, I know you guys have a busy schedule. I appreciate you jumping in. Ant, thanks for help on the board. Why don't you play us out with our, our new tune? All right, everyone. I'm Brett Sasso. On behalf of everyone at Retirement Architecture, I want to thank you for taking time out of your day or your evening to check out our podcast. Stay tuned. More good stuff on its way. Hey, this is Pat Charles Avanella, Managing Editor of Deserve Magazine. Thanks again for listening and make sure you subscribe to Deserve Podcast and go visit DeserveMagazine.com.